Okay, so I'm just gonna make a few announcements. Um, so we always want everybody to speak in our space. We especially want people to speak up who don't usually speak up. So if you're someone who is that person who just waits in the back line, waits for everybody else to speak, and then you speak last, challenge yourself today to speak first um, or to speak sooner um, because this is a safe space this is a loving space and we're all here to to support you um and you know there are times out in the real world where we do need to exercise our voice and speak up so um it's great to have this space to really practice speaking up um and you can trust us to support you um we also um today because we do have uh, a controversial topic um, I do want to make some additional announcements so um, usually uh, whenever we do have a topic that is divisive um, we will include both perspectives so in the past we have had both a Shia and a Sunni Khatiba speak on the same topic um, today because Sahar's particular story is so nuanced and um, she herself um, has acknowledged so many different aspects of um, the story of pregnancy loss and abortion, um, we felt that um, we it would be okay to just have one speaker. Um, but that said, I do want to make it very clear that the Women's Mosque of America is a middle ground space. So particularly on the topic of abortion, we are neither pro-life nor pro-choice. We are a middle ground space um, to facilitate unity. Um, and so we're not, um, uh, you know, um, we're here to facilitate, you know, everyone's voice and make space for everyone's voice. Um, and we just want to make it very clear that, um, you know, if you have an unpopular opinion, it's okay to share it. And we encourage you to share. What we do ask of everybody, regardless of where you stand on this contentious issue, we ask everyone to to practice beautiful disagreement. So if there is something that you feel um, that you know you disagree with someone else, um, we just ask for you to speak in a kind, compassionate and respectful way um, and to share your opinion without putting others down. Um, it's perfectly fine to have a strong opinion or to feel passionate about your opinion, but um, we will be just monitoring um, both the chat and uh, also the discussion to make sure that everybody is respectful and maintaining a safe space. And then finally, again, it's not what you say today, it's how you say it. So inshallah, let's all practice humility, respect, and kindness when we speak with one another. Uh, and bismillah. Um, so first, I want to thank Sahar uh, so much for, um, for opening yourself up so vulnerably and sharing from your uh, experience, um, especially coming from what you talked about, the cultural background that you uh, are coming from, where this is a taboo topic. Um, so I really want to um, thank you for, for leading the way and, and opening up this discussion for us and for everybody else who's joining. So thank you, Sahar. Yeah, thank you. Um, also, I'm just like blown away by how many folks from my like loved spaces and community are here today. I just really, uh, it's like, it's great. <laughs> already, already feeling all the feels. Um, yeah, um, maybe I'll, I'll just start with just saying that what a crappy week this has been for, for so many of us. Um, and I think, you know, on, on top of um, being a year into a, a global pandemic and um, knowing that, you know, we still have a ways to go uh, before a new normal um, to have to navigate rapid response 
during these times of like white supremacist violence is is not not ideal and um and also unfortunately for many of us a new norm um and so just wanted to to just acknowledge the heaviness of this week and the multiple things that so many of us are are navigating um and and which makes it that much more special that so many of you took time out to be here today so thank you for that and i hope inshallah that this space is is grounding and 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 serves in, in building community where where we can have difficult conversations. Um, uh, yeah, so um, I, I saw it, um, my my dear uh, sister Tracy Katakariyama wrote um, Sahara so appreciated your talk so open humble and courageous. How did it feel to share that in this way today? Um, and I think I I thought I was okay. And then I started to get like messages from people who were just so, so gracious with their love. And it was it was actually hard to receive. Like I think um, you know, the way that I've been conditioned to think about like pregnancy loss and abortion and it being something that's supposed to be kind of private and quiet, um, for it to be so public, I didn't really know if the reactions were going to be private as well um and so just getting like affirmations and love actually was really it was hard but in like a good way like it, it was like the kind of hard that i needed to be able to kind of release some tears and um yeah and i i also feel like there was so much more i wanted to say uh like because it, it's such a it was not like a 20 minute long experience it right. was like there was so much that went into the decision making. There was so much that went into the aftermath and the grief. There was so much that went into how I was held and then also how I struggled to find like resources and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I felt like I, I tried my best to add that nuance and there was so much more that I wanted to say. Um, so feeling like it's hopefully the beginning of a conversation in the community and not at all a means to, to like say that's it. So, um, yeah, because I, I know that there's so many more stories out there and there's so much more to share and so much more to build because it's, um, yeah, it's a lot. It really is one of the first times that I can remember. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen this topic addressed in a Muslim space before or a mosque before, um, and certainly not from the firsthand experience of a woman. Um, so thank you for really paving the way uh, on this topic. Um, you know, one of the things um, that you said in your khutbah, um, you addressed how uh, American culture, you know, is has has these elements of evangelical Christian um, values in it, um, and that's kind of a, an experience that I've had growing up, and I, I'm sure a lot of Muslims who've grown up in America, where you know we share the same God as all of the other monotheist monotheistic religions, and so sometimes we're talking about this common God and these uh, opinions about different subjects kind of seep into our consciousness that may or may not resonate with our Islamic values and what Islam actually teaches. Um, so Sahar, can you talk about um, what were your views on abortion before you actually had to experience it, experience the decision yourself? And was there anything that you were surprised about um, the more research you did in, uh, into Islamic scholarship on the issue? I mean, it's, it's not like it changed. Right. Um, uh, it, 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 if, if anything, it just kind of, like you can have thoughts and it doesn't make the decision any easier, I guess. Um, 
because I'm in the reproductive justice field. I know that this is not ever, um, I mean, it can be, but, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't assuming that this was going to be um, a, a simple thing. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm pretty pro-voice, pro-choice. Um, and I, you know, I, I also believe it's such a personal choice, right? Like there's, there's no wrong decision if, if someone chooses not to terminate or if they choose to terminate. Uh, everybody is formed by their lived experiences and their circumstances. And so I, I kind of knew that going in. And at the same time, like for me, it took me a long time to get pregnant. Like I, I, I suffered from sexual dysfunction for years and, you know, tried really, really hard to get pregnant. And so I think it was just like a, a, a double hit of like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant finally. And now it's, it's not working. Right. And so just like this kind of internalized, like my body just doesn't want that. Um, that I think was hard. Um, but then also like I had friends who experienced something similar in um, years before mm -hmm. where they, um, you know, they found out later in their pregnancy and um, there was there were no resources. Yeah. There was no um, there was no support um, from Islamic scholarship. There was no support from community. Mm -hmm. um, and and she she didn't end up terminating. And, you know, she had to endure the pregnancy to the point of demise in womb. And it was, um, you know, I think it's kind of like I'm going to take a moment. <laughs> yeah, please, please. Um, SubhanAllah, like having kind of witnessing her journey in those moments almost like when I became pregnant, I, I was that much more hyper aware because that I had just been with her through that journey. Mm -hmm. And so I had gotten the tests done, I had gotten the screenings, those are not mandatory screenings to get done. But because I knew about her experience, I opted into everything. I was like, I'm gonna get wow. all the tests done. Wow. And so like coming to that stage of like realizing I know hypothetically it can happen because it literally just happened to a friend of mine mm -hmm. it was still a shock to my system because I was like I thought my jihad I thought my struggle was to be able to conceive mm -hmm. and and it was like that was just a part of it um so you you really just never know like I think it was it was it was not for me like the issue of abortion, it was more just like really what my khutbah was about is submission. Like you really are never in control, right? Of when you think you, like, I think we take these things for granted of like overcoming hurdles or overcoming obstacles without knowing what's lying ahead. And I think also if the pandemic has taught us anything, that's true too, right? Like we thought this was gonna be a two week lockdown and here we are a year later, half a million people have passed from this, right? Like we are never in control. Like God is ultimately the the, the being that is in control. And the, the sooner we recognize that, the sooner it also shifts our understandings of like what we, what we, what we can do like as humans. Um, we can't save everything. We can't control everything. And power is ultimately limited. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll pause there. I don't yeah. even know if I answered your question, but I'll pause there. You did. You did. No, and, and thank you for saying that. The, the phrase that has driven me crazy since the start of the pandemic is in these uncertain times. I'm like, it's always uncertain. What are you talking about? You just have the illusion of, of certainty because you're not seeing God's power. So sorry, that's my rant. All right. <laughs> Who would like to ask uh, a question? Go ahead and uh, raise your hand or you can share a reflection or. I mean, I'll just add like one thing that um, 
really prompted me to want to share um, is that I think, like, I, I think I'm also just tired of working in the reproductive justice space where like faith is pitted against abortion as if it's, mm. it's something to be anti, right? And I think that's also just like Christian hegemony, <laughs> like, like, you know, it's not, um, that's not the case for all faith traditions yeah. and not even within Christianity, like as a whole, right? Like, I think there's like an erasure of the diversity of practice and lived experience. I think it's an erasure of gendered experiences. Um, and it also just reinforces that these are, uh, that it's a binary. And I remember feeling like, I don't like, I, I feel like the tension even in reproductive justice spaces where like, like where religion is sometimes used to oppress, right? And, and then like the counter to it is saying, like kind of being anti-religion. And that just, it didn't sit well with me. And I was just like, it was really important for me, for, for me to know that my decision to have an abortion was like aligned with my faith, um, which is why I took time to like actually ask and research and understand like the Islamic perspective. Um, and also feel like even in doing that research, there was a lot I still like was confused about, like in terms of where are, where's there, there wasn't enough nuance for me. And that's still something I hold to today. Like, I know that the conversation should be going further and that we need more like Muslims with uteruses who are like, like actually framing the scholarship because mm -hmm. I'm tired. Like there were so many times after my abortion where I would read articles from men or like, like people who are completely disconnected from the lived reality who would just talk about it as if the people having abortions are like, you know, like not in the community not like not practicing not believing in god like in this like very abstract way and it was so triggering the assumptions that they made and and how they would talk about these things so i was also just kind of tired of being in that space of constantly being triggered that there's no alternative for folks who are looking for it and also like having a daughter myself i don't want her to be raised in a in a, in a muslim community that also doesn't speak up when they see that kind of bs um because it's harmful. It's really harmful. Like, like you said, like, there's a way to like, talk about things, but it's also the way you talk about things, right? Like, if you have, um, like, a scholarly opinion about something, like, can you do that without passing judgment on people mm. who have lived experience? Because that would be great. Because um, I don't, I, it, it's hard for me to take you seriously, if you're going to talk about it in a way that like, literally dehumanizes people who have lived experience associated with that. Yeah, thank you. Um, so we have Zaria and Dr. Shalkut. Uh, so Zara, you can go first and then afterwards. Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> or should we switch? Do you want to switch? Yes. Sure. Okay. So Dr. Shalkut, oh. <laughs> Shalka, go ahead. Um, and uh, I think I've asked to unmute. You got to unmute yourself. Okay. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Very happy to see everybody. I'm sorry you are so brave. I, I can't even imagine how you did it. But really, really love you and um, be strong and especially now you have a girls you have to be stronger <laughs> um i just have the exact same situation one of my staff member so i have been counseling her and exact same thing um it's a testimony 18 and so we have been like uh, checking all these genome, like a genetic study and stuff. And um, she's a Christian. So she's going through the same exact thing you went through. 
and uh, I have been counseling her. So this is great uh, that um, I can, I, I probably not going to share as a like, uh, you know, probably I can say, okay, I know someone else also went through this and um, probably that's going to help her a little bit. So she's still, uh, she's still there. So um, um, it's just a hard thing, but uh, just from my um, knowledge of the God and our faith, Allah always said, you take care of yourself first. So you did it. And there is nothing to be uh, afraid of other people's. Okay. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. yeah. And if your colleague um, wants any support, like I'm, I'm happy to talk to her because it was a really isolating time to just navigate that alone. With, yeah. And, you know, I think I'm just so grateful for certain friends who are on this call who like literally created space for me to share and, and, and had gone through stuff similarly. Um, and like, even though it brought up pain for them, they still held space for me. And so we kind of, you know, I think it's, it's really powerful when we're able to show up for each other in that way. So thank you for doing that for your, your colleague. And yeah. I, I pray nobody ever has to go. Yeah, it's difficult, very difficult. Thank you again. God yeah. bless you. It's one thing to have an opinion on this, but it's another thing to to have that opinion from the privilege of not having to actually make the decision. So um, thank you for, you know, for sharing that. Uh, Zaria, go ahead. So I just, uh alaikum everyone. I just wanted to thank Sahar. Thank you so much, uh, you know, for your bravery and your courage regarding this topic, uh, because I've never heard a chutbah on this topic. Um, and I've actually never, um, seeing even, you know, attending reproductive health seminars and what have you and workshops. Um, you know, I, I find the Islamic perspective is always generally, I know I'm making a gross generalization, but always missing. Mm -hmm. So I just appreciate you and what you have done. Um, I also appreciate the women's mosque for, for taking on this topic because um, I think it's courageous just all around. Um, and, you know, I just want to tell everybody out there, we're holding a healing space, uh, for everyone who's on this call, even if you cannot speak, um, you know, I, I would also encourage those. So just coming also from a, uh, emotional support and counseling perspective, um, you know, um, some people may have questions or may want to speak, but can't. And I understand that. Um, so I always like to give tools. Um, for people to utilize. Um, one, I want to um, commend, and I hope I'm not mispronouncing the person's name, but I see Lujan, um, who's holding a uh, kind of, um, it looks like a doll. And I just want to say that's so important to get yourself a transformative or an emotional support object um, as comfort. And so I just want to commend you for taking that and doing that. So for all of you who are sitting on this call, you know, find support. If there's an object that provides comfort for you, if there's a saying, if Vicar provides comfort for you, because this is a challenging topic and to sit in this emotion is challenging. 
Um, I would also say for those who like to express their feelings through writing, um, you know, get a pen and paper, write down your feelings if you don't feel comfortable sharing them in the chat. Um, if you don't want to reach out to, to, to one of us, um, uh, Sarah or I, please, you know, write down your feelings that can provide comfort. Um, you know, write down your feelings after this, because even though when we close down this call, we are still sitting in the emotional space. Uh, we're still sitting in, in what we have experienced. We still witnessed something. So, uh, you know, and we are all connected. So I just also want to, you know, provide that in, um, and, and point that out. Um, I also want to just say this. This is a topic that we don't talk about, but is extremely common. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I just kind of, not that I'm a statistician and I want to throw that, but I want to just say that, you know, there are almost 40 women on this call. Um, four of us, you know, um, if not more, um, eight of us have possibly experienced miscarriage um, on this call. So I, I just kind of want to point that out, you know, 10 or 15 of us may have had to terminate or or terminated pregnancies. So I also want to point that out, that this is a very, and considering that we're here and we find this topic very uh, important to us, it probably is higher in this space because we sought out this information. Um, so I just want to point that out as well, is um, that just, it's, it's really important that we have these discussions and that we honor women's feelings um, regarding thoughts and feelings. And one of the challenging things about this is the what, what is called in the counseling field as dis, um, disenfranchised grief. Um, that many times as women, we do not feel we can mourn the loss of pregnancy, uh, loin, uh, mourn miscarriage, um, mourn an abortion. Um, you know, for whatever reasons it happened or how it happened, you know, we feel that we can't just talk to anybody about that. Um, I've joined support groups uh, in my last couple of years um, that I found on, on Facebook and just others uh, where people are having this dialogue. Um, you know, if I share my own personal experience, I don't recall one, one, I'm not the youngest person. And so I will just say myself. Um, prior, when things happened for me, I didn't have Facebook or groups to talk to, um, and I was very ashamed. Um, and I reflect now, you know, uh, 20 years later, 15, I mean, you know, very differently. I have more information and I have more resources. Um, and so, you know, I also want to point that out. And I also want to say, um, our faith is a merciful faith. Mm -hmm. And when we make choices for self in good conscience of our Dean, those are the right choices. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we don't give ourselves credit for that um, in that space. So I just kind of wanted to kind of put a name to the grief and the experience. And I also wanted to kind of give some resources and some ideas of what people can possibly do as they sit in this space or as we transition um, and sit possibly in this, you know, and what our feelings are, our emotions are after, after this uh, wonderful discussion. And with that, I will just again, 
thank you with ingratitude, Sahar. I just thank you, uh, Hasna, with ingratitude, and everybody on the Women's Mosque. I thank you because I really just believe, uh, and everyone who my heart is full because I feel your, I feel you all in my heart, and so I just am in vicar and in prayer, whether you seek me out or not. Uh, I am I'm, I'm sitting here in this space of compassion and mercy uh, for you. And please, you know, if I said anything to offend anybody, please forgive me. I, I only come in peace and I only wish it in your heart. So that I will pass, pass it on. Thank you, Zaria. Thank you so much, Zaria. Yes, um, definitely encourage seeking out support if you're going through something like this or just anything, right? Like, I had been in therapy before that. And so it was helpful to like have a therapist that I had already built and established a relationship with. Like she knew my history mm-hmm. um, to get to that point. She knew how much this pregnancy meant to me. Um, and so it was really helpful at that time to really process with her because I, I, I felt safe to do that. Um, I did get a question. Did you experience shaming as a woman because uh, your unborn child suffered from a fatal condition where you blamed that it was your fault? Mm. Um, I feel like people were afraid to talk to me to some extent. Like, like, I don't actually know. And I also didn't care like what my like family and friends really thought about with regards to what was happening in my body. Like, I didn't actively ask anyone like what they thought. Um, because that just didn't work for me in terms of my decision-making process. Like I wanted to be held and I wanted to be validated, but I didn't want to know what they thought, um, because I didn't care. Um, and that, that also just has to do with like my approach to Islam, um, and my approach to understanding my body. Um, I'm the expert of my own life. So I, I also just was like, I don't really care like so um so like I I could have been like it's very possible that there were people in my family or like extended friends group who were like oh well if she wasn't so blah 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 right then maybe this wouldn't have happened but then in my mind I'm like I don't want to hear that because I'm just going to think you're you're like you don't understand these things right and I don't have to hold that for you that's not my job um so um, like luckily, alhamdulillah, like all of the people that I was connected to and that, that, that were supporting me, like nobody said anything that like triggered me to be like, like internalizing shame. Mm-hmm. Um, like I knew, I knew the like science behind it. Like I knew statistically this was possible. I knew that this, this happens and that it's not my fault. Um, it didn't make it easier necessarily to like hold the truth. Um, and also I think because it was compounded with my like like sexual dysfunction issues, like it still was so, t- like it was, I was just tired. Like my body was tired of being in that state where I was like, why, you know, like why me, why this? Um, and it's not like I was um, thinking that I've done something to deserve this, but um, it was hard. It was still hard, um, but yeah, alhamdulillah, like nobody, um, and also like people who would say stuff that I was like, okay, whatever, like, you know, people would say, well, you could always try again. Well, at least, you know, you can get pregnant now or like, you know, well, God is the best of all planners. Like that kind of stuff was not helpful. And also I had built up enough kind of internal, um, like, what are they called? Like defenses mm-hmm. where like, I didn't let those comments get to me. Right. I was like, okay, they're just kind of bad at holding space, but I didn't like let it get to me personally. Um, and then it also helps that I had like 
my best friend, Tracy, who's a therapist, who just always has the right words and always knows what to say. Um, and others in my life who are just like phenomenal at, I, I'm spoiled, alhamdulillah. I'm like so privileged that I had enough people in my life who, if anything like that were to have been said in their presence, like they would shut it down and just be like, let's walk over here instead. Um, so yeah. What what would you say though to women who don't have that support and don't have that those internal boundaries and um, who do internalize shame and um, are in the, that type of environment and who maybe like culturally they they wouldn't necessarily want to get to the place where they don't ever uh, consider you know other people's opinions? Um, how would you uh, like what advice would you give those women? Yeah, I mean, that's on us, right? Like we have to shift the culture around this where it's normal to like ask questions and push back and also support each other. Like, I think it's, um, if we are in a community where that's not the norm, where we're like providing support versus advice, like there's a difference unless asked for, um, it starts with the self, right? Like we have to think about like, how are we perpetuating such um, such a culture where, where that's not the case, right? Um, but I think it's not on those women. Like, I don't blame those women or think there's anything that um, they've done, right? It's it's really like on all of us in our circles to, to shift that and to change that. Um, and I also think like we have to, um, we have to start also um, challenging um, when we see that be played out, right? Like, like in, in our circles, whether it's around like, oh, this person isn't married. Well, maybe if they weren't so career oriented, then they would be or stuff around like, well, like, you know, what do they expect that they're not pregnant yet? Cause they waited so long. All of that crap needs to just be shut down when you, when you hear it and when you see it, like, it's not, it's not enough to just let your mom or your aunt or whoever say it, like you got to shut it down. Right. Because they're probably saying something about you. Right. And so, and, and you don't want like, I always think about, I don't want my daughter hearing stuff like that. And I want her to see and witness, like if that's bullying, like just plain and simple, right? And it's also privilege. Like, I'm so glad that you found a partner at a young age and it was easy for you, mm -hmm. right? Or like, you don't know what, what another person is struggling. Like, so for me, I'm just kind of like, that kind of stuff is unhelpful. And it starts from us, like challenging the cultures um, of our communities and our families and ourselves. Um, but if there is anyone listening who does need support and is navigating this, like, I think that's why organizations like Heart have been life-changing for me in particular. I wouldn't have been able to make this decision if it weren't for Nadia at Heart. Nadia is the one that connected me to the scholars. Nadia is the one that helped me make sense of, like, what this medical condition was and, like, put me in touch with, like, you know, Muslim um, physicians who specialize in bioethics, right? Like, like Nadia is literally the reason why I was able to make this decision, knowing that it was aligned with like how like Hanafi fiqh like you know um, aligns with this, um, and that's why I am so much more in like I am invested in the work of Heart as a reproductive justice organization because that needs to be the norm, right? It can't just be for like us privileged few who are in the field that have access to this. Like this needs to be widely. Um, made available and people need to be recommending people to heart when stuff like this happens, right? And that's another thing. There are very few folks who will actually put themselves out to be like, actually, I know of this organization, you should look at their resources. 
right? Because we talk about controversial things like abortion. We talk about controversial things that make people uncomfortable. Well, guess what? Somebody has to, and somebody has to do it in ways that center the most marginalized and ways that are values aligned. So, um, I mean, my, my like call to action for folks is to like support us and also direct people to our resources and our services. And if you see us being bashed in public, you know, maybe speak up, that would be great. So, cause I think we have to support each other. Like it, it can't just be that we're constantly letting, like letting people be thrown under the bus um, and not doing anything about it. Uh, we have a question from Nimra. Hi, um, I know Sahar from Vigilant Love, but I wanted to say assalamualaikum to everybody and hello to those who are on the call. Um, so thank you so much for sharing Sahar. Um, I had a question regarding um, like how you had the courage to finally kind of speak up about everything, especially on like such a public forum, not just here. I'm sure you've probably spoken about it at different moments in your life, but how did you finally have the courage to talk about it in spaces where you knew that you might have like people in the spaces that like, I don't know, like know your family or something like that. And then like having to really like talk about it in specifically like Pakistani settings because we are so saturated in the patriarchy where it's like these things are consistently like moved aside. Like I didn't even know that my mom had two miscarriages until I was like 22 um, because she felt finally open to talk about it. Um, so I just kind of wanted to know how you came to such a healed space or, or if you weren't even healed at the moment, but how did you get the courage to talk about it? You know, I took my time, right? Like this is three years after, um, after my abortion, I, I couldn't speak about this for a very long time. And I, I, I also um, was very scared, like even coming to this point today to be able to like, like literally up until last night, I was like, is this a good idea? Should I just like call Hassan and say, never mind? Like I was in that state up until like very, like I'm still in that state. I'm constantly thinking about how is this gonna land with folks? Am I gonna be like, you know, we came up with the whole safety plan for today of like, if trolls show up, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna block hateful comments? Like I didn't, I was already anticipating that if I post about this, that the outpouring would actually be negative versus it being positive. Um, and that's because of trauma I've experienced in community previously, but also just because um, I think it's just like cultural trauma, <laughs> like, like, right? Because we're conditioned to think that these issues are gonna bring up those emotions without realizing there's so many people who actually just want the space to talk about this in, in ways that are affirming. Um, and so, I mean, it's been healing to speak about it and have nothing but positivity and nothing but affirmations in the space. Um, and it makes me, that's what gives me the strength, right? Like I talked about it in the khutbah, like, the outpouring of support that I got from people who were in my life, who let me take off days from work, who like sent me like flowers as if, you know, like they made it a thing that can be talked about and like gave it the weight that I was feeling on my, on my own body. Um, that's what really gave me the strength because I knew, like I knew going into today, I had texted a bunch of my friends yesterday being like, I'm very scared and nervous, please show up and they, they're here. And that to me, again, privilege. And also like we've built that for each other, right? Like similarly, if they call on me, I will be there. Um, and I think, I mean, Nimra, that's what we're trying to do in Vigilant Love, right? Is like <laughs> build those relationships where even if you might not feel it in um, 
in your family, you can feel it in community in other ways. We build our own communities. And like, luckily I have that in my family as well. Um, like my mom flew down the day that we got the diagnosis. Like mm-hmm. I didn't ask her to, I did, like she flew down and she was there until the procedure happened. My whole family like dropped what they were doing and they were there cause they knew like, I, I couldn't do this alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- like, just real like when we think about even like pregnancy loss and miscarriage and grief and abortion, like we should be thinking about how are we caring for the folks that are going through this? Oftentimes we're just like, oh, we're just gonna give them space. But is that really what everyone needs, right? Like some people actually need that you acknowledge that this is a thing that's happened. They need you to acknowledge also that like, like you know, it impacts your mental health, it impacts your physical health. Like for folks who have um, abortions or, you know, experience loss at later stages of their pregnancy, like you, your body was pregnant for months, right? Like you're, that doesn't mean just because the baby isn't there for you to hold that your body hasn't gone through that. So even just like thinking about postpartum care, it's so important for us to, to, to actually shift the culture where instead of like, when we go to visit new moms, whether they have a baby or not, like we take care of them. And I think that's, that's really, really important. And I hope that like, if anyone got a message from my chutzpah, it's that community care makes all the difference um, to even have the voice to then speak about it, right? Because you're being sent messages that you will be cared for in, in any stage. Like whether it's, whether you share about this 15 years from now or, or you know, tomorrow, like we, we were there for you when it happened and we'll be here for you when you're ready to speak up. Thank you. I have a, um... I have a question, actually. Sorry, I was trying to figure out how to turn on my video. But um, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your story. This is, I've never, ever heard somebody talk about abortion in Islam. And it's always been talked, if anything brought up briefly, it's always been kind of talked about in a negative way and about associated with going to hell and all of that. So this is very brave of you. And my love bless you and your family. Um, I know you keep mentioning that you're privileged and I'm sure it doesn't decrease the pain that you felt going through it. Um, I wanted to ask you, and this is, I'm sure this is a very heavy responsibility to ask you, but more so if you can provide guidance on how to make space to talk about these things in places that there is no room for even people to talk about women's rights to anything at all, let alone make space for them to voice their rights to abortion or, you know, what they can do with their body. So if you can provide some sort of guidance on how to create that dialogue with a community that absolutely rejects the idea of women having space at all. Thank you. And is it Nassim? It is, yes. Thanks, Nassim, for that question. I mean, I think we're actively doing that right now, right? Like, I think that there's going to be places where we're never given space. Um, and that's also like, I got to the stage in my life where I was also tired of it. And so joining spaces where space is made was part of that. Um, and I know that also safety is a concern, right? Like I don't feel safe. Like, I don't know if I would want to share this in other spaces. Um, because it's a literal safety concern for me that like, I, I'm not an emotional or I don't have the mental health to handle if like someone were to come at me and, and, and spew hate, right? So um, I, I don't know, I, 
I, I know that's not an answer, but I, I, I do feel like um, it also takes people in positions of power and privilege who, who actually can influence like how the culture is shifted in those spaces to take action, right? Like you can't just hashtag me too and then be silent um, when things happen in your own community or, you know, talk about like, well, we promote women's rights in Islam, but then like in your own masjid, there's like no leadership representative of any, any other gender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like, I, it's hard for like folks who are marginalized to then think about how do we shift power in places where we're not given power. Um, you create your own spaces where you are taking the reins to then shape that space or you challenge power, which takes a lot of energy and resources, or like we build up the like kind of leadership of those who have power to really change things. Um, So I hope like, you know, folks who have power cough like cis men, um, if you are, if you're listening in, like, like, how are you gonna create space for this? And how are you also gonna let uh, Muslims who have uteruses in your community know that like they can lean on your community for support. Abortions also cost a lot of money. I was alhamdulillah resource to be able to afford it, but I had health insurance and it still cost me $2,000 plus. Um, And that's, you know, I'm in California where they have the most progressive laws and they have the resources to do that. Not everybody has the funds to do it and they delay their abortions um, because of the fact that they don't have the money. Um, so it goes into a later term, right, or later in their pregnancy. And then as you go later into your pregnancy, the laws change, the insurance coverage changes, and the cost changes. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, this is also an equality issue. Like, like this predominantly impacts low-income people of color who don't have, like, they have structural barriers to being able to access this. Uh, Zara? Hi, Sahara. Thanks for sharing. I came here for Sahara. This is my first time here. And I know Hasna, right? Is that how you say your name? Yeah. And you said, oh, you know, for those people who like to stay silent, please speak up. Yeah. I'm the one that stays silent. Good job. Good job. And Sahara actually brought up my story because I was the friend that went through that prior to Sahara going through it. And I'm really proud of you, Sahara, for sharing your story. And, you know, I know it wasn't easy for you and it's not easy for me to talk about, you know, but I mean, having a friend like Sahara, who I actually consider very progressive and I, and she's very, she's basically, I came from a very conservative, I guess, community in Texas. So Sahara's like really opened up like my eyes to everything. And I feel like I've kind of changed a lot. And I'm really glad that when I went through what I went through with my pregnancy and my baby had trisomy 13 um, and I had to give birth to her and she passed away in the womb. But I mean, I had Sahara there to tell me like, hey, if you want to go for an abortion, it's okay. If you want to, you know, if you want to keep the baby, it's okay. It's your choice, you know? Don't look at what, you know, like... of course, like there are so many different beliefs we all have, like, you know, what's right, what's wrong. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like, I'm going to be held accountable to God, you know, like, it's my choice. Like, it's not like the person in my community judging me like, hey, oh my God, you like are carrying a baby and you're going to go get it aborted. Like, how dare you? You know, it's not their choice. It's it's my choice, you know? And I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody. I don't mean to, Um, but it, I, because I came from like, say here you had so many resources here alhamdulillah like being in california is like a blessing you know on its own because in texas like you know the abortion was like um i think it was like 
after 22 weeks, you can't. And I found out at 23. And so like, you know, I had to go through my pregnancy to about, I think 34 weeks. And then people asked me like, Oh, where's your baby? Where's your baby afterward? And that was hard, you know? So, I mean, I wish like, you know, and times like that, I was like living in a place like California where I had those options and there's no right or a wrong way. You know, there's, it's just whatever you want, whatever you feel is right for you. And I'm really glad to hear that you shared your story and that maybe you can open your eyes to other people who are kind of stuck in the same situation. And now I try to do that with my friends back home, you know, because nobody talked to me about it after I lost the baby. They just thought, okay, like, we don't want to talk about it. It's like taboo to like discuss it with her. And, you know, and that's not right. Um, but anyways, I just, I don't want to keep rambling on and on and wasting everybody's time, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to me. And I'm really glad you were, you opened up this space and talked about something that's so important in everyone's lives now. Thank you, Zara. Yeah. Zara and I share a very special bond because we were also like, uh, we met in Singapore in a, in a time when like we had nobody else. Like we became friends in Singapore as like to Pakistani Muslim Americans. And subhanAllah, I really feel like some relationships that you build at the time that you build them, it's like pure God's will that they place them in your life for a reason. And I really just, yeah, I love you. And that's amazing to see that the chain effect of, you know, Zara um, uh, sharing her experience with Sahara and now Sahara's sharing her experience with the world, really. So inshallah, you know, you both um, are rewarded for, for the compassion that you're spreading throughout our community. Uh, is it Pune? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Hi, everyone. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to Sahar for sharing her story. I know there's a few of us from Swan Alley on the call listening. And I also really appreciate Sahar for you to say people with uteruses uh, and being gender inclusive. I think that's super important. Um, and I wanted to, I guess, uh, like share some reflections I have. Um, about the topic. So I come from a Shia Muslim family and um, and in my family personally, it, you know, women's uh, decisions around abortion um, has always been um, like centered within certain contexts. And my uncle was an OBGYN in Iran during the revolution and shortly after where he actually did a lot of uh, abortions illegally at the time uh, because he was, it was illegal across the board and was scared to return for many years because of um, the medical services he was providing to um, women, uh, people in Iran who were, who were seeking to get abortions. And I wonder like how we can take the work that uh, Sahar and others are doing around sexual health and around like uh, people's rights to uh, reproductive services and abortions and so on and so forth and kind of also support folks in our homelands who don't have access to this because still to this day there's very specific laws that exist even if like on paper they say that uh, it's okay and people will be supported in reality it's not um, the case. And so I wonder like if, if Sahir or others want to like share if there's a way to maybe even, I wonder like translate documents to like uh, different uh, languages and, and 
get those accessible on the web and kind of share them. I think it might be really powerful for people across the world um, who may be experiencing these various issues where they don't come from communities or from states where that is accessible. Um, like I know in Iran, like people who even have done HIV AIDS research have been imprisoned as enemies of the state. Um, two of whom were my mentors. Um, so yeah, I just putting that out there, like how can we take this on even a global scale? I know I just like always think big, but- um, We have to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, I think that um, actually this chutzpah really pushed me to put some stuff on paper that like I was able to, that helped me with my decision-making. Um, and so I think, uh, Navila dropped like three um, resource sheets in the chat box. Um, and they're just things that I, um, like between Nadia, myself and the team at heart, we've, we're starting to put together. They're not final because I still have some work to do on them, but I'd love to see if we could translate that and, and then also like get like free accessible resources, right? Like it's not like we want people to use these and, and have and feel supported in, in their decision-making. Um, I think there's also some work we need to do around like resourcing this in community, right? Like through abortion funds, as well as kind of just like educating scholars because sometimes scholars say like, or imams who like, you know, a lot of people just go to their local imam to like ask religious questions, but they might not actually know what the nuances around this, right? And like specifically for um, um, like uh, chromosomal abnormalities, there's like a lot that's actually there that like is very, nuanced and I, I feel like the lack also of like the medical understanding of what's happening sometimes um like people give simplistic answers and I'm like actually it's way more complicated right so I'm I'm personally like on this high of just like developing and releasing resources and would love to think about how we can continue to make it accessible and and translate it and and also just like have this be something that a lot of like folks who often are like consulted with get educated about. Um, so just as we're like doing trainings through heart to educate folks around sexual assault and gender-based violence, um, would love to see something we produce around reproductive justice um, that adds that nuance um, for like imams and scholars and also just like leaders in, in like Swana and Muslim community spaces. So Pune, I'll definitely keep you posted, but take a look at the resources we put in the chat box. And if you have ideas on like orgs we could partner with to get it translated, like would love to thought partner with you on that. All right, to wrap it up, I just wanted to um, ask you, Sahar, because, you know, when we were talking about uh, this clip and the writing process, um, one of the things that you said that really struck, uh, stood out to me was that this was a faith-based journey. This was not a story about abortion um, and that it was about submitting. And I remember in our conversation, I was asking you, you know, what about the, the verse, God doesn't give you more than you're able to bear. Um, and I really appreciated hearing a different perspective on that verse of how you interpreted it. So um, can you talk about that and just talk about, you know, how your personal journey with God grew and changed and um, where you are today? Sure, yeah. I mean, I would say there was a time when it was very difficult for me to pray um, and that I was actually holding a lot of anger. Um, and I had to go through my own process of grief around this and my and kind of, there, there was also just like, 
it was like a, the simultaneity, right? Of like, and that happens with people you love all the time where you're just like, wow, like why, how? And also like, and I also have nobody else but you, right? And so kind of just like, like, you know, when I would like go down for sujood, I just like, I couldn't get my body to like get up. Mm. Um, and I think like, I also was like really thinking about how like Zara's experience, for example, having happened before I got pregnant and like, that's not like, I didn't see that as a coincidence. I saw that as like God really sending me a message that like, like, like I'm, I'm handing this to you, right? Like you finding out everything, opting in for these tests, having that access to these resources. Like I really felt like like Allah was guiding me to a specific decision, right? And and just praying on that and being like, is this like, does this feel right for me? And also thinking about my own understanding of compassion with regards to trisomy 18 of being like, I don't want, like, it's not just about me also. Like I was thinking about my child of like, mm-hmm. I don't want my child to suffer if yeah. they were to make it to the point of term. And like, even for one day, like their whole life would be suffering. And right. that to me was like, I, I know there's others who who choose to continue with the pregnancy and they're able to to sustain that um, kind of strength. Um, but I just, yeah, I wasn't like, I just felt like th- that wasn't the right choice for me. Um, so, and, and for my baby, like I wanted something else. And so, um, yeah, like the, there are many verses that I think can be read. Like that's also the beauty of Islam. It's like, it's not a monolith. And that's why there's also multiple rulings on abortion itself and like the permissibility of it, et cetera, et cetera, right? So just as like we interpret something and and it can mean something different to every person, right. um, still like grounded in whatever like Islamic sciences. But um yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but for me, it is like, it was a faith journey and it still is. Like, mm-hmm. I think I'm also like, subhanAllah, in doing the research for this khutbah, there's been new articles that were released that talk specifically about chromosomal abnormalities and how scholars, like in, cur- in the whole article is like, scholars should re-evaluate. Um, scholars should actually go back into um, their understanding of abortion. They should go back into their understanding of the considerations and actually like, the, the article was coming from Muslim physicians who were saying, based on our Islamic understanding of this, we should actually um, expand that window um, specifically for chromosomal abnormalities, right? So, um, and this, this article came out like a year and a half ago. So the, that also to me is like, okay, like Allah is also talking to us about like, how do we make this complex? Because it is. How do we push our communities further? Because we can. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that you said in your khutbah too, is that this is your story specifically, right? And even the chromosomal abnormalities is one story. And I even know, you know, I know someone who, the, I think this was the first time I ever heard of anyone having an abortion that I knew of. Um, it was, uh, I think only about 10 years ago. And um, it was an older Arab woman who was having, uh, Arab Muslim woman who was having um, problems with her daughter who, you know, wasn't speaking to her anymore. And she was saying, oh, I think this is punishment for, um, you know, the abortion that I had that my husband forced me to have when we were 
a younger couple. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever really heard a personal story. And what was so interesting to me was to hear that you know, the, the role of the man really um, in this story. Um, and so I know your husband is more private, so definitely don't share anything, uh, you know, that would make him uncomfortable, but can you talk about just the support system that you had um, with your husband and how that might even be different than someone else's story? I don't think I'm gonna share. Okay, okay, no <laughs> yeah. worries, no worries at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I just wanted to put that out there to also acknowledge that while, uh, you know, for you, um, abortion was uh, an act of empowerment for another woman, it was the complete opposite. And so we do have to also make room for, you know, all the different uh, stories within the spectrum. Yeah. And I know that is actually an experience I've, I heard from my own family of um, an elder in our family who her husband um actually forced her into an abortion and she didn't have the language accessibility to understand what was happening to her body. So it was like trauma upon trauma of like mm -hmm. having it happen, but also not knowing that it was happening until after the fact. Yeah. Um, and that to me also kind of bonded me with these extended elders of just being like, this patriarchy is generationally, like we need to shut this down. So, um, you know, as much as I like love and appreciate my partner and husband, I also was the expert in this situation <laughs> as a Muslim woman experiencing yeah. it who focuses on reproductive justice. So, yeah. And has a lived experience. Um, yeah, it just sounds like the takeaway is education. And so um, I really appreciate you sharing all of these resources with us. Um, and um, if anybody wants to learn more about HEART, what should they do, where, they sh where should they go? You all can follow us on social media. We're at heart to grow on Instagram and that's our website as well, hearttogrow.org. Um, and I think, you know, just keep us in your duas. Um, our team, it, it's not, it, we're always taking a risk when we share about things like this and we do have active, like hateful Muslim trolls um, who, who are looking for things to attack us on. So um, just really asking for your duas for protection and duas for safety for us all. Um, and that like, if you, if you see that trolls are starting to come out, like, um, we don't want you to risk your safety, but also just like, you know, send us your vibes, send us your love and send us your resources. Cause it always costs money for us to do like a, a digital security sweep. <laughs> All right, thank you everyone. Um, we do also ask uh, all of you to support us um, and make a donation. Um, we are right now hiring for some new positions and so um, we appreciate the extra support um, and, uh, and resources as well. Um, and then finally, um, if you are feeling triggered after this, you know, it might even be like a couple days after this that you start to process your feelings, um, definitely reach out. Uh, both of the counselors, Zaria and Sarah, um, uh, Sarah have posted their information in the chat. Um, and you can always reach out to us at info at um, and we'll get you connected to the right resources. Um, so thank you again for everyone uh, for joining today and may Allah bless and protect us all and help us grow uh, stronger um, in unity as a community. I mean, all right, sound like everyone.